Time to play with pain. Hosted by Emmy-winning comedian and writer Jeff Cesario. Interviewing guests from comedy, entertainment, and sports. Plus, legendary sportscaster Chet Waterhouse. Don't worry, this shouldn't take longer than your average trip to Costco. And now, here's your host, Jeff Cesario. Welcome to Play With Pain. Uh, great show today. I'm very pumped. Uh, but first, uh, uh, Gary, uh, my producer, I had a, I like to call him Gary Delabate Smith. Gary Smith is. Uh, <laughs> Baba Louie. I got a guy. You know what? Uh, D- Dan Beyer, my guest, can jump in on this too. Dan Beyer, great young voice on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we're not even officially going yet, but I had a guy um, who texted me, and he started the text with question colon, and then he asked a question, and I just thought that's pretty cool. We should do more of that. We it should be like insult colon and then boom <laughs> you nail somebody or indifference comma and then so how's your day going you know what i mean i mean i like titling what you're gonna say i, I, think I, I thought it was i thought it was good that he gave you a heads up and didn't surprise you at the ending where there'd be question marks right, you know like right, he was giving yeah. you fair warning you know, not to go to yeah. the end and then obviously you have to answer, but just a heads up. I'm about to ask you something. Yeah, yeah, it is. It was really uh, it was really polite so that you're not led down that path of, uh, hey, hope everything's well. Hope the family's good. Can I have a job? And it wasn't anything like that. You know, he just he just came right out. of the, OK, uh, you've heard him already. He's uh, on Fox Sports Radio all over the map. Uh, fellow Badger and Packer fans. So we're in a bit of mourning right now. Uh, Dan Byer, Dan, how are you today? Jeff, doing well. Uh, did just, Gary just say Baba Hooey? I said. Did it. Gary say Baba Hooey? Like, Baba like, Hooey. like, it was like, 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 like that would be his name off of Baba Hooey, which I thought was actually very, very creative. <laughs> right. Like, Thank you very off. much. Very, very I, good. I appreciate. Very that. good, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just Baba the host. Hooey? I don't really listen to Gary. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, that's great. So. So okay, let, let's let's get rolling. But uh, before we talk um, NFL, I want to talk college. I want to talk maybe pennant races if we have time. Chet, right. do you have an update for us? Uh, this one's so hot. Machine Gun Kelly has it tattooed on his left neck. Time for the Waterhouse update, sponsored by Wrench Sylvania, a whole state full of discount wrenches. NFL Bears beat the 49ers in conditions so wet. FEMA set up portable housing. Steelers sneak by the Bengals like a pothead past a cop's house. Packers stunk worse than a gas leak at a cheap seafood buffet. Packers and Badgers both lose, so hey, Wisconsin, ice fishing season starts today. That item sponsored by Craprika. If you just want your deviled eggs to look tasty, try Craprika. College football, Nebraska fire, Scott Frost, said Urban Meyer. Hey, how are the singles bars in Lincoln? Bama beats Texas in a game tighter than Barista Cops codpiece. Appalachian State upset Texas A&M, said SEC fans. The Aggies aren't really SEC. That wrap-up sponsored by Thumbrella. Keep your hand high and dry in bad weather with Thumbrella. America 
this pastime now now taking the under on the emmys ratings baseball st louis like a stripper with rent due tomorrow they just keep coming at you albert pujols hitting so many homers cards fans in the bleachers are beginning to think he's after one of them tennis u.s open 19 year old carlos alcaraz of spain won the men's title when i was 19 i thought spain was in central america and finally this week in sports history the year 1951 the place europe florence chadwick becomes the first woman to swim the english channel from england to france it took her over 16 hours but she said it was worth it just to get a decent meal this waterhouse update sponsored by spit stop the gas station just for tobacco chewers. Now back to Jeff and an actual professional broadcaster, Dan Beyer. Wow, thank you, Chet. That was uh, he was shot out of a cannon today. <laughs> right out of the gates with FIBA. That was that yeah, was, very. Yeah. You, you're not going to get that on Colin Coward. You're not going to get the. <laughs> you weren't eased into that at all. Not at all. No, no. Uh, he doesn't need to be eased into anything. <laughs> Chet, do you need an opening act? No! So it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dive right in. First week of the NFL. Uh, everyone loves to go cliff diving this week after this week. And, oh, my God, the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl. Or, oh, my God, Cincinnati's doomed. Um, but, but I think there were three games that might actually really indicate a change in a team's season outlook. Uh, versus last week prior to the season. Okay. I, I think uh, I think the Packers looked kind of stomach flu awful, and and I didn't get a lot of warmth from Aaron Rodgers. Like, the kid dropped the opening bomb, and then you didn't see him till like, I think he ran a yeah. reverse in the fourth quarter. You know, are the Packers going to be able to bounce back from this, or are there indications this could be, Seven and nine, well, seven and re- ten re- or whatever. Recent history, Jeff, shows that they can bounce back. Last year, they played the Saints in a game. Remember, that was moved to Jacksonville because of a hurricane that, that hit Louisiana. And the Packers were just completely outmatched. And they weren't the team that was inconvenienced. So there is recent history to show that, all right, maybe Green Bay doesn't get off uh, on the best foot at the start of seasons. The two problems that I found with yesterday, you mentioned Super Bowl and Vikings. They usually don't mix, but this was the Vikings Super Bowl. Like Green Bay in your house week one when there are expectations for Minnesota, there's a lot to be excited about. If you're a Vikings fan, you lose that game, the air is out of the balloon. So they right. so they kept their That's hopes true. alive. The thing with Green Bay that I think is frustrating is you know, you start an NBA season and half the teams know they don't have a chance. And another third say we probably don't have a chance unless something really crazy happens. The NFL, we kind of look at it that way, but it doesn't feel that way. Even week one, you're always thinking, all right, this is our year. And there's something in your mind that maybe maybe they know something we don't. And the problem yesterday and, and in week one on Sunday with Green Bay was that everything that you worried about happened. Like the, the receivers dropping balls, not having those targets. We've yeah. seen Rodgers animated on the sidelines, that the old clip in Carolina when he threw the uh, you know, the tablet after a play. We've seen that before. We were one half into the season. 
and he was already frustrated. So that is something that I think is is a, a, at least a little bit of a concern if you're Green yeah. Bay. The stuff that you maybe thought you could push off to the side and wouldn't be a factor actually did come to fruition. In yeah, it's a little bit like watching your kid date someone you don't want him to date, and then all of your fears start coming true. And you go, I told you. <laughs> I told you. Uh, there were two other games. Um, the Giants get fired up and beat ten a pretty good Tennessee squad on the road in Tennessee, yeah. and it didn't look fluky. It wasn't like, you know, two kickoff returns and a punt block or anything. I mean, they played football and won the game. Yeah, and Saquon Barkley looked great. Looked great. Uh, wasn't injured even better for the Giants. And I think this, this is a little bit of a carryover last year when a lot of people didn't believe that Tennessee was the best team in the AFC, even though the record said so. So you have a Giants team coming in with uh, pretty much zero expectations on the season, and they go and win the football game. I'll tell you what I love about this game, though, is we talk about scenarios and how things play out and how things can cost you a game. Uh, Tennessee had the football and field goal range, and those of you that didn't see it missed a field goal at the end of the game that would have won it from 47 yards. They used the timeout, Jeff, that they didn't need to – that they were trying to save to set up a field goal, but they had to use it at 18 seconds. So now you're saying to yourself, okay, how do we get in line for a field goal and run a play and run some more clock off? Well, Ryan Tannehill took the snap, uh, ran to the right to the hash mark, took some time out, and then they spiked it. So that was two plays, and then they got their field goal crew on. What ended up happening is in that process, they lost three yards because of the run that Tannehill did to get to the right hash mark. Uh They're three yards closer. That field goal probably goes in. So you want to talk about game of inches or a game of yards, but just the decision to not have a timeout, you could have ran Derrick Henry straight forward. He could have gotten you two more yards and you would have been closer, but you didn't have the timeout because they blew it at 18 seconds. I think it cost him the game yesterday. Yeah. And at 57 years old, Ryan Tannehill is going to lose three yards just getting into the (laughs) car. Okay. Oh, Uh, man. All right. The one that may have stuck out on the upside Kansas City absolutely pummeling Arizona in a situation where you're thinking Arizona's got a shot at this. Things are pointing in the right direction for Arizona, and they just got manhandled. They just got shoved all over the field. Kansas City supposedly breaking in new receivers. Uh, They lose Tariq Hill. You know, it it was one of those where you go, "This this should be a tussle. It wasn't. No, it, it, it was in the late window. There were a bunch of good games. You had the Chargers and Raiders playing. Mentioned the Packers and Vikings and the Chiefs Cardinals game was once Kansas City got up by two touchdowns, you know, it was pretty much pretty much over. Yeah. Cardinals were a little dinged up going into yesterday and they don't have DeAndre Hopkins because of the six game suspension. But to see Kansas City use all of their weapons, uh, as you mentioned, without Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey had a good game. Juju Smith-Schuster was added. Uh, former Packer Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a few catches. Glad Edwards, like they were spreading it around to everyone. I mean, it was like Christian Okoya, I think, got a you know a couple of carries yesterday. <laughs> Everybody was playing for the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. and everything was working. You know, and Andy Reid is so good out of buys, and Kansas City also now has the longest streak in the NFL of winning on opening week. So you give Andy Reid time to prepare. Usually, it's going to be trouble, and it was trouble for the Cardinals yesterday. Yeah, it really was. Uh, uh, okay, uh, that portion of chat, did we, did we have a sponsor for the NFL? Of course we have a sponsor that was sponsored by the Thunder Burps, the Air Force Belching team. Hey, uh, before we move off the pros, uh, Gary, uh, Baba Huey Smith, your Chargers looking pretty strong there, buddy. Uh, 
certainly in the first few quarters, and then they uh, looked like the Chargers I know and hate in the uh, in the fourth quarter. There, they, they ah. attempted to give it back. One of their patented come from ahead losses, but uh, we we eked it out somehow. Yeah, the Raiders oh. weren't taking they weren't taking anything back. That's how they play. You can hand oh. it to us on a silver platter. We're not taking it. <laughs> that is a Chargers fan in a in a capsule right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, we won, but we looked like crap for the first three quarters, and <laughs> we probably shouldn't have won, but we won. Darn it! Oh, yeah. Well, so great. well. Uh, uh, speaking of um, uh, fans with a chip on their shoulder, let's head into college football, and uh, our beloved Badgers. You're from Merrill, Wisconsin, which I believe yes. is 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 so far North Canada claims it as well. I'm not sure. <laughs> The, the sixth award does speak French Canadian. So yeah, that is, that's true. <laughs> there can't be more than three wards in Merrill, Wisconsin. <laughs> I think there's eight. I just know don't go to the sixth. Stay so away. this is indicative of, of a larger issue here. The Badgers in typical fashion, usually one game a season, they do this where they just outgain an opponent by 150 yards they command the clock. They had a 16-minute differential in, in the clock, and they lose uh, because they don't quite have that. You don't see Alabama losing games like this. This is why Wisconsin right now is a very good but always second-tier team busting into the top 15, but never really top 10 unless it's the end of the season and they beat a quality team in the bowl. So, And the entire Big Ten West – is looking troublesome. You'd have to put Minnesota at the top right now, and they've beaten yeah. nobody. Yeah. I, I asked on Twitter if North Dakota State could represent the Big Ten West because of how awful it is. And you're right. This doesn't. This sort of stuff doesn't happen to Alabama, but it happens to Iowa. And, oh, and, 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 I, and I know – yeah, and I don't mean to bring the Hawkeyes into the conversation because they wow. have enough problems, but that's kind of where it is right now in the Big Ten West. When uh, you've the- scored 14 points in the entire season thus far, as Iowa <laughs> has, and only seven of those is a touchdown, I know. I know. you're in I some know. trouble. Nebraska I- was so bad, they fired a coach who lost to a coach who'd just been fired. It's 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 not <laughs> a good story. division. It's all true. No, it is, it is, and it's always been a problem. It's actually what the expansion of the Big Ten. It'll be interesting to see how uh, the, the conference is laid out and how many teams they end up expanding to because the Big Ten West has been a failure. And you remember, Jeff, when they opened the, when they expanded the Big Ten to 14, they had those leaders and legends divisions. Yes. And they want what they, what they wanted was Ohio State to face Michigan or Ohio State to face Nebraska in the Big Ten title game or Michigan to face Wisconsin or Michigan to face, you know, Ohio State and Penn State. Is, mentioned that matchup earlier but they tried to they tried to game the system by putting their top programs well the big 10 east is just a better division right now and now when you look at the big 10 west yeah it's a problem but wisconsin i mean just you watch wisconsin it's the same thing over and over again and i think that's what gets frustrating for fans is where where is the creativity where is maybe the uptick in in talent level especially on the offensive side of things running the football was awesome 20 years ago Uh, that's not where college football is right now and I think that's frustrating for Wisconsin. Well, what's also, but here's the great wrinkle Wisconsin threw in. The quarterback played well and has played well both games thus far. He didn't, uh, you know, he didn't take the snap 
and fumble it off his belt buckle. He played good, clean football with some great throws in there. I think the issue is they're not getting any separation with the young receivers, although the kid from uh, UCLA transfer, Lewis, it, it can stretch a field. I think maybe they're breaking in a receiver core that is not that confident. So the coaches, here's where Wisconsin and Iowa and Northwestern tend to get conservative, is they'll play it inside the boundaries of uh, here. What can we do? That's all we're going to do. We'll push it one or two plays. If those don't work, boom, everybody hustle back into the teepee. We're going to just play this football. That's what they (laughs) tend to do uh, from a coaching standpoint. I wouldn't mind seeing them stretch it. Plus that's going to, that's going to open up the run game. I mean, you throw a couple of clean things and they did in the first half. Good. The problem, the problem is, is, and no disrespect to Washington State, as I'm about to disrespect them. You talk about question. Uh, question yeah, you titled your, you're titling your, <laughs> t- titling your comment. No disrespect to Washington State. Here comes the big insult. Here it is. Uh, they're Washington State and Illinois State. In a couple of weeks, you're going to have to go and face Ohio State, yeah. uh, who seems to have a pretty revamped defense. And an offense that is one of the best of the country, if not the best of the country. So, um, yeah, that, the the wake up call could come pretty quick, and how how that would work. Uh, it, it's I, I get it. Listen, I I this may sound awful, but I'm just wondering, like in college football now, outside of Nick Saban, like does every coach have to be under 42 years old and figure out some way to you know to game the system like a Lincoln Riley at USC and 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 his offense and just maybe just go yeah you know completely off the board because college football is just changing so quickly and it's actually what's made Alabama so great as Nick Saban realized it about eight or nine years ago I can't play like this we can't play like this we need to have uh the offense that scores all the points as well we'll get all the players to do that we'll also get all the defensive players and that's why Alabama's Alabama right uh, they, he went OCDC young there's a clear <laughs> defining line uh, between yeah. new coaches and old coaches and its waistline. If you're th- if you're a size 38 in the waist or under, you're a new coach. If you're yes. over that, you're an old coach. It's that yeah. simple. There's no, there's literally no exception with the possibility of Sam Pittman at Arkansas. But they they got him to be a throwback coach. Really, sure. they got him to go. Let's pound the ball and let's see if we can climb up the SEC rankings. Speaking of. Uh, is Bama finally going to give Nick Saban that uh, Sanford and Son heart attack this year? Is he just going to go, Elizabeth, I'm coming? Because he's, he's on the verge of some cardiac issue virtually every week. And winning by one point is not going to make it better. No, no. Even if it's the, you know, the game of the century for Texas and having them yeah. come to town. Great. Actually, great week for Texas. And the other part is, is you're wondering, all right, if our quarterback would have stayed healthy, if when yours wasn't knocked out in the first half, what would have happened uh, later on? So that gives you yeah. something to build on, even though you, you lost. I'll tell you this, Alabama never travels on the road and goes to other stadiums. What they'll do is they'll say, we'll play in a neutral site game. Yeah, and it'll be, an hour and a half from Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Let's go to Wisconsin fell for that and wanted to yeah. play Bama and like – right. Yeah, it wasn't even Arlington, a city. Yeah. It, they just built a stadium on the <laughs> tore it down the next day. Yeah, uh, right. It was, it was, yeah, they actually went on the road and played someone. And they're doing that, you know, going to be doing that more and more. They play Wisconsin coming up uh, in, in future uh, matchups. But 
at least they went on the road. And honestly, this may be the best thing for Alabama. Hey, we aren't as good. And I'm sure that's how Nick Saban is going to going to spin it. Uh, Georgia seems to be really, really good. I wouldn't be worried if I'm a Crimson Tide fan for, for what happened. You got the win. You just move on from there. And then you just hope to meet Georgia in the SEC title game in December. Right. App State. First of all, I'm absolutely loving uh, what's happening at Texas A&M. I love it. I don't know why I don't have anything against the Aggies. I've never hated them or anything. In fact, I kind of like the whole 12th man. They've had some controversies down there off the field. That's unattractive. But I never had any sort of spike towards Texas A&M. But when I got Jimbo Fisher and they were just immediate and they joined the SEC and immediately elevated into the top 10. And they haven't really ever proven that they belong there. And this is another step in that direction. They lose to App State at home in a year they were supposed to challenge Bama and Georgia for SEC supremacy. And App State, what are you going to do with a program like that? They're they're clearly good enough to join a big conference, but they're too good to be asked. (laughs) You know, ACC doesn't want anything to do with App State (laughs) right now. No, no, no. It's 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 true. This is supposed to be Texas A&M's time. Like their big advantage was getting in the SEC. They split away from Texas. Like that, they didn't want anything to do with the Longhorns anymore. So they got their look. They're in the SEC. Texas is in the old antiquated Big Twelve. It, Texas A&M is going to be the program of the future. Now, what's going to happen in three years is Texas comes along. So you want to talk about like the the freshness of Texas A&M. I'm not saying their window is closed after 2025 when the Longhorns do join the conference, but that window is closing on them being the unique and maybe the push. And this this happens a lot in the SEC as well, as you think that there's a team that is going to emerge. Heck, after week one, we thought Florida's the team this year. Look yeah. at what Florida did to Utah. They're the team that's going to maybe challenge Georgia in the East and then could knock off Alabama. Uh, Florida goes and loses at home to Kentucky. Right. Uh, so now maybe Kentucky's that team. You know, it's not Texas A&M right now. Uh, it happens in the SEC. And I, I think maybe we're the fault of that because we do build that conference up so much. Um, and this isn't taking a shot at them. We do. We think like, man, Ole Miss is going to be great with Wayne Pippen. You mentioned yeah. Sam Pittman in Arkansas. Be, like, we build all these schools up. And at some point, they're all not going to go 11-1. and um, yeah. Not that you it's- should lose to App State, but it, it just happens, especially early in the season. At least they're they're chumming, they're rotating those bottom teams because for nearly a decade, it was either going to be Mississippi or Mississippi State that was going to break through, and they never did. So at least, at least they're rotating the yeah. uh, the nominees yeah. for the teams yes, that yeah. are going to break. Through. Nobody's told Vanderbilt though. That's the only one. That- <laughs> No, don't tell them they're in the league to keep the GPA (laughs) up. Sponsored, guys, by JCPenney, dressing homicide detectives for over 60 years. And Nugentics. Dan, Nugentics are wiener pills directly from Ted Nugent. Let's go to baseball. (laughs) All right. Thank Uh, you, Chuck. By the way, are the side effects cat scratch fever? Is that what a side effect would be? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ball scratch fever with uh, <laughs> okay. that one. I'll just go right for it. It's a podcast. I could say that. Uh, Yankees cooled off severely, but seem to be putting it back together as most great teams do right before the playoffs. Are, are they hitting the gear? Are they hitting playoff baseball? 
It helps when you face the Minnesota Twins because that's the team that they just always beat. Yeah. And they, they always beat them. I will the never forget the regular season. Uh, my, my Yankee friend, uh, Tom Papa, great stand-up comedian. Yeah. Uh, uh, when, uh, when the Twins were getting into it and I was kind of semi-rooting for the Twins as my American I was rooting for the Twins. They were my American League team. And he, as a Yankee fan, he said, oh, the Twins are in the playoffs. How adorable. <laughs> and I just thought that's the perfect way to put it. Yeah, yeah, and it helped the Yankees get back on track. It it really did. I I, I think that there is uh, a, a reason to worry. I'll tell you what. There's you know the Dodgers have such a such a lead uh, in the in the NL West, and they're you know tiebreakers and whatever. They're clinching in the next you know twenty four hours. They're clinching a yeah. playoff berth. It's not a that that is going to happen. But you look at those two teams who we really kind of focused on a lot during the season and maybe they've taken, you know, a bit of a turn Dodgers had some injuries and I'll click Kershaw's back, but the, the, the dog days of summer is a real thing. Like I really think that it is. And I, it, it's great that they turned it around, but I'm just going to say this and not the, to sit on the fence. I think the Yankees are legit. Obviously the Dodgers are legit, but the world series last year was Atlanta and Houston. And Atlanta is a team that I don't think anybody wants to face in the playoffs in the National League. And in the American League, Houston has had the Yankees number as of late. So, so that's what's staying. And that's what that's I just wonder if that's going to be the Yankees bugaboo is trying to figure out a way to beat Houston. Uh, not as much as the, the, the Yankees can beat the Twins, but the Astros have had success even this season. I still think that Houston stands in their way, even though the record may not be indicative of it. And I'll say this, whatever uh, the Bush family's putting in the beer, St. Louis is crazy right now. And the added uh, um, layer of Pujols, they have, you're always looking for somebody with a little bit of magic in the postseason. And I think St. Louis is going to have it this year. I really do. I think think they're going to go on a tear. I, I I do I do wonder a little bit about their their pitching, but the way that they've separated themselves in the NL Central, Crazy. and the Brewers have obliged. You know they've they have, yeah welcome <laughs> go ahead first place is yours. You know don't let us yeah. stop you. But <laughs> we're right. friendly you're in right. Wisconsin, not that friendly for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. All right, before we leave this wonderful uh, podcast, um, I like to do a thing about worst gigs. And you're an interesting oh. guy. I tend to I tend to talk to comics about it, but I think you've had a very interesting string of gigs from I believe you even were working in northern Wisconsin somewhere. And then you did Madison. And then, if I'm not mistaken, you did a lot of updates at Fox Sports, including updates on Jay Moore Sports. Yes. Uh, yes. So I'm guessing you may have a list of nominees for worst gig that you've ever had <laughs> that might rival others. That that might oh. actually be a good one. Can you think of one that pops out of your head? I did do, I early, early on, I was a DJ at weddings. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, and, 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 and I'll tell you what, like, so I would have a mix of uh, maybe starting Friday, Friday night, there may be a school dance. Saturday, there would be a wedding or something that you would have to do. Worst absolute gig, uh, someone decided to have their wedding on January 1st, 2000 of the millennium. You know, like, why not, why not start it 
forget everybody else who may want to watch college football or is so hungover from the yeah. night before. We're going to celebrate our day, January 1, 2000. It's a destination got, wedding, and the destination yeah, yeah. is exhaustion. That's, <laughs> the, the destination, too, was at the, uh, I think it was a Sheridan. I'm not sure if it's still a Sheridan. John Nolan Drive, right across from the Coliseum in Madison. You know exactly what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I do. And I had to log my equipment. Rose Bowl oh was that day. All the bowl games. And then I repeatedly got uh, yelled at by the uh, bride and groom for playing the wrong songs that I was told to play so absolute worst gig that i can remember when i talked that had nothing on the eighth grade middle school dances that i had to do or the 13 year old girls twerking on a friday afternoon in the school library when you're playing you know some britney spears song no that that was far and away the absolute worst i mean think of others when you're scheduling your wedding like people who actually may want to watch college football that day yeah. No, when you're when it's January 1st, you're hungover, you're hungry, your team's playing and you can't watch and you're playing hockey goalie to Bridezilla. That's <laughs> yeah, that's top notch. Yeah. Bad gig. Um, I guess, folks, the astonishingly now. The, hey, hang on. We had a sponsor for that. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Go ahead, Chad. Uh, that anecdote sponsored by Acetaminophen. Blow the aspirin right into your face with acetaminophen, like a mini fan. Ah, forget it. Uh, Dan Beyer, my guest today. Uh, incredible. Follow him on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. Dan, tell him or else uh, we can get more Dan Beyer, because you're all over the dial on that, and you got podcasts and everything. Let him know. Yeah, you can hear me at the uh, the news desk, uh, 3 Eastern, new, noon Pacific, weekdays at Fox Sports Radio. Then... Every Sunday, and it started with week one of the NFL season. I mean, they're all year round, but we're doing a red zone radio show for the third straight year. Uh, former NFL tight end George Reisters, my uh, tag team partner. Five o'clock Eastern time, two Pacific. We take you through the uh, late games uh, for three hours, let you know what happens through those. And the I Want Your Flex podcast, a fantasy podcast I do with Mike Harmon. Two new episodes dropping each week during the season. Sweet, folks. Uh, catch up with Dan Beyer. He's worth it. Dan, thanks so much for coming on. Jeff, Chet, Baba Huhi, uh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Real Jeff Cesario. My album, What Was I Thinking? Streaming everywhere. The Play With Pain mugs. That's right. You got Christmas just around the corner. These are easy gifts. Play With Pain on one side, Chet on the other side. They're beautiful. Uh, check the website uh, for those. Uh, go to jeffcesario.com and uh, go there for potential dates. I'm going to try to get out on the road this fall a little bit. Uh, Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. I'm having a blast here, as you can see. And uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, Chet, you have anything cooking this weekend? This weekend, I'll be in Kathmandu, Nepal, calling minor league mountain climbing for the How Not to Climb a Mountain Network, sponsored by Splint, the leg brace with coverage over nearly 90% of Nepal. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.